Renovation Made Right podcast is partnering with our friends at Renify. We know that planning a renovation is stressful enough, so let the experts take care of the financing. Renify's innovative loan options allow you to borrow more money and create a home that you love today. I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome to another edition of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. And she's already mocking me. We haven't even started yet. I'm looking at her. She's laughing at me like, I, I did that I wrong. Know, I know, because you you had that, that brief pause before leaving and you're like... I'm going to breathe deeply and get myself in the zen of the show. Would you please? I can't help it. it we just started. And I know. It's, come on. I know. Off you it, go. It's too fun. Anyway, today, <laughs> oh today Lord. we're going to talk about something that I know almost nothing about. That doesn't mean I'm not going to be talking. But <laughs> Which is actually my... <laughs> don't. No. Don't go there. But... That was huge. It's like teed up a big old golf ball I from right there. I did. But, but the beauty part is, is I'm going to continue throwing zingers and corrections Fabulous. and annoying comments throughout the show because I know that you guys like that. Meanwhile, audience, first of all, thank you for listening, and I'm going to try to deliver value. While yes. my wife is mocking me, I'm going to try to deliver value to you so that as you go through your homeowner experience, you'll have a better outcome because of the things that I'm bringing today. Exactly. And the things that I'm bringing today will make you laugh. <laughs> and that is of equal value, This too. is a serious show. Stop screwing around. Yeah, okay. Let's go. So anyway, today... We're going to talk about insurance restoration Woo! or working with insurance companies when something terrible befalls your house. Like if you were to have a fire that burned down part or most of your house or if you had a flood and your basement flooded and you needed to fix everything. And hopefully everybody in the listening audience, if you own a home, you have homeowner's insurance. If you don't, you need it. Um, your bank actually requires it. Yeah. If you have a bank loan. But if you don't have a bank loan, still, homeowner's insurance, definitely. 100%. So uh, we're going to talk about that. And I really don't know, this is a, a, an industry I don't know much about, but Dave, who knows everything about everything. Here we go. And if he doesn't, he will certainly make stuff up, <laughs> is going to talk about it. That's wholly inappropriate. But a lot of mansplaining happening today. There we go. All right. So uh, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit. First of all, you're right on the insurance 100%. I think insurance in the big scheme of things for homeowners, even if you were fortunate enough to have been in a place where you paid your mortgage off, um, it's short money for what it protects you from. Mm -hmm. And um, however, the insurance process uh, is sort of fraught with confusion and and uncertainty and with the claiming process is better. The, 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 you know, the buying of the insurance, that's no big deal. Right. The claiming of insurance is a bigger deal. Um, and spending time, I think, also, this is a whole other topic. We can spend some time on, with one of our, you know, our friends um, on insurance and talking about making the right selections for insurance. But 
think about it this way too. In uh, fact, I, now that I think about it, this should be a two-part show. It should. We should actually bring somebody. We're gonna on. we're gonna bring this in, and we're gonna bring in an expert who yep. talks about working with an insurance company. So yeah. look forward, folks. There's gonna be a second part to this show. <laughs> May not be contiguous. No, I, I think we. Hey, we can totally pull this together. Very Are you good. kidding me? All right. So um, I think there's a couple things to think about here. First of all. It's almost one of those things that for most homeowners is is an inevitability, right? There, In every home that we have, um, we have systems in the home, whether it's a plumbing system or a heating system or electrical systems. Uh, and and some of those systems, especially on the plumbing and heating side, uh, have the potential for failure. And on the plumbing side specifically, the potential for failure, you know, takes it takes the shape of leaks. Big right? flood. Yeah. Right, floods. And... and um, for a lot of different reasons, if you have a hot water hang, uh, a hot water heater, pardon me, if you've got a tanked hot water heater, and we've in, on this show we spent plenty of time talking about the benefits of tankless hot water heaters, but mm-hmm. in, but having said that, the majority of the world is still tanked hot water heaters, right? Mm-hmm. Every tanked hot water has a limited lifespan. Relatively few. I think homeowners. they're designed that way. Oh, 100 percent. You know, I got to be honest. 100%. I think this is like a scam system. Like they can't make them out of stainless steel, so they last forever. Planned obsolescence. It well, is. the truth is, some are stainless steel, but they still don't last forever. Why? Because the uh, you know the, the uh, heating element actually creates. There's a whole process ultimately that ends up corroding the inside, even of stainless tanks, right? So they all some will have a longer life than others, but it is planned obsolescence, okay. right? No doubt about that, right? Um, so I agree with you, but the, the problem with that is is that um, water heaters don't often show their colors very well. Some do, some don't. When, if you're super fortunate, and you happen, by the way, to go into your basement with some regularity, which mm-hmm. plenty of people don't do, mm-hmm. right? Um, you I might, grew up in a home with the scariest basement Yeah, ever. you did. I would never go you down You did. No, there, like something lived down there. Something did. Right. That was yeah. like the basement from Silence of the Lambs. It was. Right? Without the well. Yeah. It, it, maybe it did have the well. We just never went to that part of the basement. Yeah, right? no, I didn't I didn't spend much time. No, that was a creepy basement. And, you, and every single time I would ever go down in the basement, you had to wade through a fresh bunch of spider webs yeah every time yeah right? terrifying so however you know in, in most basements uh you go down occasionally your hot water heater will give you a little indicator and you'll see a trickle coming out around it okay well if you see that trickle you know it's on its last legs and it's about to go mm-hmm. right and when it goes usually it goes in a pretty big way mm. and if you're not home when it goes all the water heater, and when i say it goes it means that the bottom of the water heater has essentially rusted out and let's go right and so now you have the you have the contents of the water heater pouring out into the floor. However, it's way more than the contents of the water heater because the water heater is let's say it's a forty gallon. It's a very common size water heater. Mm-hmm. If you've got the contents of that, but don't forget the water heater wants to keep keep on refilling it, right? Mm-hmm. And nothing. There's no. In most cases, people don't have any mechanisms in place that tell the water heater, "Hey, there's a problem. Stop." Stop. Now, right. Those mechanisms, by the way, they do exist, and that's that's another whole conversation. But you know, you can put flood stoppers on your plumbing system, and if it ever senses free-flowing water that isn't intentional, it mm-hmm. can actually shut it off remotely, mm-hmm. right? That's pretty cool. But for the conversation around dealing with with sort of of damage that occur, occurs by flyer, fire or flood or a tree falling through your house or any that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. this is it is important because on some level there's a, there's a pretty high degree of inevitability, right? Mm-hmm. The house that I grew up in, uh, had uh, had a freeze on the second floor, and um, oh god, this was terrible. You remember that? Yeah. We had a freeze on the second floor. I was the last person in the house. It was your fault. It was my parents kind of inferred it was my fault, which <laughs> it was not my fault. Uh, well, it sort of was, but <laughs> the the freeze happened on the second so floor. So they house. asked you to shut down the plumbing for the winter, they right? Did. And they gave you a list of all the things to do. They did. And you did it all. I did. 
but not right. Not quite right. <laughs> not quite right. And, and because. But keep in mind, you were like, what, 22 at the time? I was like 19. 19. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they shouldn't have been trusting you anyway. Not with anything. Complete morons. No, not at all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, in that particular case, the house, the, the, the bedrooms on the second floor were on a, uh, a separate zone of electric heat that would get shut down in the wintertime and they just lived on the first floor. And, uh, and the, in this scenario, um, the water didn't get drained properly from the second floor. Mm. And so a pipe burst and, and ultimately my folks came home from vacation. I was back in college, uh, which I think they probably stopped paying for immediately upon this happen- this incident. Um, <laughs> it was I too late by the time right. they, by the time, by, by the time the next semester was due, right. they'd forgiven you. They, uh, they come home and, and no exaggeration. And this basement was probably a 2,000 square foot basement. There was four feet of standing water. Yeah. And that four feet of standing water all emanated from the second floor. Yeah. So, so it, ha- it went so through the I first can't, floor. Yeah. I, I never calculated the, the, the actual cubic volume of gallons. It was epic. Right. And, and uh, all having So that also meant that because of the water flowing from the second floor for a week and a half, yeah. every ceiling on the first floor was now sitting on the floor of the yeah. first floor. And every floor had and buckled. And every floor had buckled, and every cabinet had pu- had buckled. Yeah. It was bad, bad, and bad, And every right? piece of furniture was And that was that and... was just effectively one pipe mm. that ruptured. Mm-hmm. One tiny half-inch copper line. You think, well, well, how hard could how, that be? How, how bad could it be? It's a little tiny half-inch copper line. They're lucky the basement wasn't finished, Big but they deal. ruined, like, all their stuff oh, that was the down boi- there. Oh, the boiler was underwater, everything. Yeah. Totally. Like, right? all their, like... Yeah, Books train wreck, and, right? Yeah. So here's the deal. When that happens, you know, there's a natural, you know, response like, oh, my God, what goes on? And, and, and now you're, you know, you're put out of living in that home. In most cases, if, mm-hmm. as, if it's a flood or if it's a fire-related smoke damage problem, you can't live in the, in the, you know, in the house anymore. You're now having to, to sort of jump to it and respond and respond quickly and make things happen, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, generally speaking, the first thing you're going to do, there are companies whose only business it is, is, you know, fire, flood, and smoke remediation. Mm -hmm. And the first thing, it's like sort of treating a trauma patient. The first thing the company is going to do is sort of control the problem, Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and, and then, you know, whether that's dry the space out, whether that's de-smoke the space, whatever it is, right? And, so companies, and they're 24-7 responders. Mm-hmm. This part of the process is actually really clean, right? Mm-hmm. So if you call, and there's lots of big names out there. And in fact, that marketplace is actually dominated by many national franchises, right? right? And so and so you're, you're getting a reputable firm. You, you call up, I'm not going to go through a lot of names now, but, it, but you know, flood, fire, smoke, there are, are franchise companies across the country that will deal with that sort of thing. And the insurance company sort of automatically um, steps up for that level, right. right? That's that. That is the uncomplex part of this. This right. is where it really works. They authorize it, right? it and, they, and it right. get, they get in very quickly, and they do what remediation they can very quickly. Right, and there's and there's a, already in most cases a strong relationship between every just about every insurance company and these companies because the insurance company also acknowledges that if they can if they can um, sort of stop the bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. If they can get in there quickly and control the damage and dry stuff out, some stuff might be salvageable or they can, you know, try to control how far the smoke got or whatever. There's ways for them to try to reduce the claim. And obviously that's the insurance company's motivation is to pay the least amount of money possible. Right. Right. That's, but that's it should also natural. be yours to a certain extent. Too. Right, right. I mean, right. really, like who wants to live with that? No. Well, but, and, and so the, you're right. Nobody wants to live with that, but, but that's the clean part, right? So now the restoration company has come in 
they have um, you know set up their drying fans. Let, let's say it's a, let's say we're dealing with a flood. They, they've uh, they've pulled out the contents. In many cases, they also offer storage, right? So and they offer offer restoration of things. So if you have an oriental rug or things like that that got damaged they'll go through the process of restoration of that rug and then even the storage of that rug. Mm -hmm. And that's all generally very ex expected and very agreed upon with the insurance company, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't really have to even engage in that. That's that's That relationship almost happens between the restoration company and the insurance company, independent of you. However, once you get past that point of it, and once, like, let, you know, let's say you know, all the, all the contents is removed and, and, and dried out and cleaned and stored, and now you're at the rebuilding part. Here's where it gets complex, right? The rebuilding part, many of the companies that do the restoration and remediation, that's actually, generally speaking, very high profit margin stuff. Mm -hmm. So if a company's coming in to, do, to dry out your house, they set up the fans, and they're specialized fans that move air across the floor in a, in the, in a quick way. And also like dehumidify. dehumidification, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and, you know, essentially drying machines. Mm -hmm. They set those up, and from the time they plug them into the wall, they're getting paid by the hour for the time that machine runs. Oh, it's a beautiful right? thing. So they could, you, you could set up a fan, or you could set up 10 fans on a job for a week mm -hmm. drying that space out, and that company is creating revenue by 10 fans by a week, right? Mm -hmm. All good. But, and the insurance company actually has no problem with that. But it's also super high-margin work. Mm -hmm. And so that's very often where their services end. So now we want to take a moment and thank our sponsors at Renify. Yeah, so Renify offers three different main products. And Renify is a great source if you're needing to gain access to, uh, to cash for your remodeling project. Uh, they offer a home equity loan. They offer a HELOC, which is an acronym for home equity line of credit, and then they offer a cash out refi where you can just take money. If you have equity in your home, you can just take that money out and use that for uh, for whatever purpose you need. Mm -hmm. And uh, Renify makes it easy. They have an online platform. They have a rate calculator. They have uh, dedicated advisors. Uh, we hope that you spend some time and get online and check out Renify.com. Renify is not a lender. Rather, they've partnered with lenders that leverage Renify's technology to seamlessly provide Renify loans. Renify loans may not be available in your state. For a complete list of licensed states, please visit renify.com forward slash notices forward slash licenses. Renify is licensed as a mortgage broker and its NMLS ID number is 1802847. When you switch over to the, the, the renovation work to restore the house to the way it was, there's all kinds of complications that happen now, right? So the first among them is that the insurance company wants to spend the least possible amount of money to do that. And I'm not disparaging insurance companies. That's, that's a, their business. They're, they cannot stay in business by paying top dollar for everything they want to try. Mm -hmm. But their obligation to you is to return the house to the condition it was. So if you had a... Uh, a a vinyl floor in your kitchen, mm -hmm. they're obligated to give you another vinyl floor. Are the odds good that you want to put a vinyl floor back in your kitchen? Right. Probably not. You want to upgrade. First problem. Right. Now you want to upgrade. Now it's not clean anymore. Mm -hmm. Now it's, okay, the insurance company will give you this, but it's actually going to cost you this, mm -hmm. and now you got to bridge the gap, right? And and or you, the insurance company says to you, okay, you go out, to your, you go out and get, so now first of all, by the way, in addition to your regular job that you use, to put food on the table and you know clothe your family and shelter them, you now have a new full-time job, right? Because the insurance company doesn't jump in and sell. 
we're going to bring by three contractors and we're going to start scoping out your job and figure it out and we're going to turn no 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 mm -hmm. more often not the insurance company says okay you guys go out and collect some pricing for all the work you need to have done and then send the adjuster the pricing and we'll see where we go with that right so now you got this full-time job of being a general contractor, a job you did not want, right? right, And a job you're probably not well-equipped for. Mm -hmm. And then very the, the likelihood of you finding... This show is such a bummer. <laughs> where's, where's the silver lining here? Well, now I'm depressed. So here's the silver like I'm lining. I'm feeling bad. If, if, you, if you heed yes. some of the advice we're going to get to... Oh, we're getting to something. Okay, good. It's not just gloom and doom? It's not like your life is going to suck? <laughs> But only if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the price you will pay later. <laughs> and so, um, so anyway, you now have got this all this work to do to get this right, and and then ultimately to only have the insurance adjuster say, yeah, no, we that's too much money, we can't pay that, right? You'll have some situations where the insurance adjuster will actually do all their adjusting and figure out, estimate all the work that they think is going to take to repair the house and they'll say okay here's a check for eighty thousand dollars if you take that check uh, they think they're done they think they're done right? right and then if you find out so don't that, take the check yeah if you find out that to actually do the work you want to get done is a hundred thousand dollars and let's forget upgrades let's just say it was dollar for dollar like mm -hmm. you, your scope is the same scope just to restore things right mm -hmm. and you can't find a contractor in your marketplace that will touch that project for less than a hundred thousand dollars you got a problem and mm -hmm. now you're back and forth with the insurance company and you're, you're trying to trying to clean things up and 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 get you know before you're even talking about upgrades which by the way everybody wants mm -hmm. right like our company will not do insurance work because of the hassle and headache associated with this process. Right. We don't want to do it, right? Because the insurance company wants to keep coming back to sort of like, well, you know, our database says that we can afford to pay you this much money. Well, if our company can't actually do that work profitably for that much money, then we, we don't, don't want to do, do it, it, right? Right. And and then you then it, the burdens on the homeowner to try to find service providers who will not only meet the budget of the insurance company, but then also do a high quality work and give you a good experience and do it in a timely fashion and get you back in the home and on and on and on and on, right? And it becomes very messy. This and is still depressing. Be, there can when do we get to the good part? Uh, well, we're getting there. All right. Yeah. And it becomes very messy and very convoluted, right? So one of the things that I encourage people, especially if uh, you are talking about a, a decent-sized claim, mm -hmm. if you're talking about a meaningful claim where maybe there was you know a lot of smoke damage and, and it's expanded through the house because that's another big problem. You know, water damage or smoke damage can can be very pervasive. Um, it's it's often worth it for you to hire a public adjuster, mm. right? So what's a public adjuster? A public adjuster is someone who will first of all they're an expert in the business in the in the insurance business. They understand the lingo, mm -hmm. right? It's sort of like health insurance, right? Health insurance charges one fee to the insurance company, mm. charges a whole other fee to you if you're uninsured, mm -hmm. right? I've always found that to be completely unjust, but that's how it works, mm -hmm. right? The same kind of a deal here. Insurance adjust, uh, public adjusters understand, the, if you will, the game. Now, they actually take a fee, right? So they will take, I think, generally 10% of the settlement, but they will get you enough more money that it often is a wash, and they're advocating for you constantly, and they speak the language, and they know the game. Mm -hmm. And, by the way, when a public adjuster gets put into the mix, the insurance adjuster often knows, okay, uh, the jig is up. Yeah. I gotta now. I can't shortchange these right. people. I can't. I can't go tight on this. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna be forced into this. Right? right. So. So my recommendation is, and you know, for for consumers who also think, hey, maybe this is an opportunity for me to capitalize. Maybe I can actually make a profit on the insurance. Mm. 
that's never. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, right? No. You know what you. If you're fortunate, at the end of the day, it's kind of a crappy deal, right? Because you lose time, you lose money, you lose energy. It's all of that stuff, but that's the reality of the situation, mm-hmm. right? And so, so um, don't basically don't tell your 19 year old to shut down the house. Right. So this is the moral <laughs> of the story. Right. Right. Yeah. But a public adjuster is a great resource for you to think about, and um, in addition to the public adjuster, I think you want to think about um, the idea of of breaking out entirely separately the concept of upgrades, mm-hmm. right? So if your cabinetry got ruined and and the ca- the insurance company is responsible for like-kind cabinetry, which they are, mm-hmm. right? And that's and, and no more than that, you're not going to double the quality of the cabinetry on the insurance company's dime, and mm-hmm. nor should you, mm-hmm. right? It's not their fault, right? So for the cleanliness of the process, you need to say, okay, give me a give me a settlement, a financial settlement that's going to restore my house to the original condition. And then you make a decision about saying, okay, we're willing to invest. We're taking this opportunity right. to invest another 50. We're ripping stuff out anyway. Right. Right. It's going to be a right. lot cheaper than the, the remodel that we were thinking about doing right. in a couple of years. So. Right, exactly. And, you know, I think my advice also as it relates to the contractor side of it, and this is probably the, the last sort of meaningful point, uh, if you're not dealing with a contractor who does insurance work regularly, right, and mm-hmm. there's, there's not, frankly, a ton who get into it, that, like, you know, on the restoration side, there's a ton of companies, mm-hmm. but on the You're talking like the remediation, the remediation side, side yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. The but immediate on the, people on the rebuilding side, mm-hmm. um, there's not a ton, right? And um, and and to to have those companies sort of be caught in the middle between, like, in the insurance company and the and the the contract that the client and the insurance company and be the contractors caught in the middle, that's a bad spot for any contractor. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, they don't want to be there. So, like in our case, if a client calls us with an insurance claim, we will say, "I'll tell you what." We're happy to do that project for you, but we don't work for the insurance company. We work for you, right? And so if, if you get a settlement of $100,000 and we know the project's one forty, you either are okay signing off on one forty, and we don't want to hear about the insurance company's money. We don't want to hear about your net. We're now signing a contract with you, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, mm-hmm. and you're going to pay us. However you got that money, we don't really care, right? And, mm-hmm. and, a, and a lot of contractors, I think, think that way. A lot mm-hmm. of contractors approach that way because they don't want to be caught having to now spend all their time justifying their price to the insurance company right. or negotiating with the insurance company, that's not their job, right? Being a contractor and rebuilding the house, that's hard enough. Right. To have to negotiate with the insurance company to get paid, that's not a good spot. Right. And, and that's what your adjuster's for. Correct. Exactly. Your public is exactly right. And that's why I feel like the specialization of bringing a public adjuster in adds a lot of value to you as a homeowner. And yes, it costs you something, but there's, there's huge benefit there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Today, the marketplace in, in most places in the country is very busy, right? So, so if, it's really hard to find somebody. It, it's hard to find contractors, and if you put that roadblock of, oh, you got to work with my adjuster on, you know, you got to work with my insurance adjuster, not my public adjuster, but my insurance adjuster. Most contractors are like, yeah, I'm good. I don't. I, need I'm that. gonna work. I'm gonna work at the house down the street where they're just gonna pay me, right? And right. I don't have to mess with that. So, lots of challenges there. Lots of things to think about, um, but. Some areas that are pretty clean and straightforward, but public adjuster, I, I encourage you to think strongly about that if you have a reasonable claim. So, um, so you've been talking a lot. I am, and well, now we're at the end of the our next time. Hopefully, to- the next topic is for you. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> so. I actually don't like the sound of my voice. It's the reason I don't listen to this podcast after we record it. I know Meryl's looking at me like, "Oh my gosh, you don't listen to this?" No, I do not. No, no, but that's okay. All right, folks, we're gonna wrap this up. And next time we talk to you, we're going to bring in an expert to talk more about this because Dave is an expert, but not really. So. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. 
What are you talking about? I'm just kidding. You actually gave some very good advice. Oh All right, God. but we're going to wrap it up today. And so thank you for tuning in again to another episode of Renovation Made Right. This is Brenda Bryan. This is David Bryan, who's consistently beat upon by his oh, wife. Honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Thank you very much for being with us. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this week of Renovation Made Right. We are ecstatic to partner with our friends over at Renify to deliver these podcasts to you. If you are looking to fund your renovation, head on over to renofi.com. That's R-E-N-O-F-I.com. Check them out. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.